good afternoon good evening welcome to today's episode of musings with jesus my name is jola i'll be your host thank you for joining me i hope all is well i hope you know all is good with you in your world um everywhere is quiet in nigeria this is the evening everyone is quiet because tomorrow is going to be the greatest election we have ever heard had since independence it is the most the most competitive the most I mean the stakes are so high but let me not go off on a tangent in that I think I with every passing day honestly people who I I I just thank God that I have a father that is in heaven and a God that helps me get through life I thank God for that I thank God that is God, my father is in heaven. I thank God that he loves me. I thank God that I know how to access, you know, his love. I thank God that my father, I am blessed enough to have the creator of the universe and call him my God and my father. So there's somewhere that I can go for help. There's an emergency helpline that I can call at any time because things just happen and you can't keep calling, you know, sometimes. You before you don't have the time to say let me call a friend or call this person you know I mean the situation is upon you so I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that I have a God who is you know he's in heaven he's also my father he loves me you know not just me he loves you know all his children he loves all of humanity anyway the Bible tells us a lot about that I, I, I appreciate all of that then I also like the fact that there is, you know, that he he thought ahead of the needs that I, we would have. And he didn't, he knew that man needed God on earth. In fact, when I, as I'm musing now, I now realize why, you know, whenever God, God always came down to do things. Because it, it, the, the challenge of faith is, so there are two main challenges that I think we as human beings struggle with. One is, is there a God? And that one, well, in certain parts of the world, like in my part of the world, we know that there is God. We're not even debating that most times. Most of the people who say there is no God is out of anger or because they want to be like people from a certain part of the world. But fundamentally, as Africans, we just come with that God. <laughs> I mean, is it is it is it our DNA? We believe in God. We believe in the spirit realm. We know that there was a world before us. We know that there's a world that governs things that happen around here. We know that there's a lot that we do not see. We do not know all of that. You know, call it metaphysics, spiritual, whatever the world. We understand that in Africa because it's <laughs> it's a part of our life because there's stuff, strange stuff <laughs> happens. You know what I'm saying? So we we are very close to the way things were. We're very close to the ancient world in 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 Africa. So. Some of these things you can't even convince a lot of us that you know there is no God. So, but we do know that there are people around the world who worry about that. But I think the concern, and this has become more glaring to me in recent times, particularly you know in my last one or two years, I think the concern that a lot of us struggle with is whether God is here with me. So I know that God is in heaven. I know that there is a Creator God. I mean, I think most people know this, whatever faith they may be, whether the God they serve is the really 
you know the alpha omega god they may not be sure or even though they think he is or who they are worshiping is god but he's actually not but then they know that there is they know that there's one alpha you know that there is one like you know top god you know they know that most high but the question is is he here with me and when i say here is it accessible and it is that doubt that has made and this was this is a direct consequence of the fall of man in the garden of eden because before then god and man they were like you know they had direct access to one another you see that in the garden of eden there was no intermediary there was nobody god would just come down and talk to adam and Eve. i mean he gave him he created him told him you know be fruitful it was a direct relationship kind of thing you know there was no we are not told that god even used angels to talk to adam in the garden of eden it was god talking direct face to face to him you know and they were used to all of that but all of that changed after the fall of man so god became very far away first of all the spiritual realm was completely cut off the curtains were drawn so but the spiritual beings were still there but you can't see them anymore apart from people who then you know go through all sorts of routes to do that but then basically in our day to day so that really 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 affected man so i think even christians we struggle with this and this is what makes people you know seek after somebody to help them that you're looking for an intermediary to help you with god which is not bad because there are leaders there are apostles prophets pastors the fivefold ministry is there to help us but it should never ever take the place of jesus the mediator because god himself i think god in realizing so two things jesus came to help us um break that wall of partition and then he became the mediator and he seated at the right hand of the throne of god so we go through jesus to come to god we go in his name everything that i have even how i started this um, refl- um musings talking about what god is to me the only reason why i can call him my father is because jesus died from for me and he and he made the way for me to have access by faith into the grace of god so that was already done by christ but then in addition to that he then sent the Holy Spirit to come and be here with us because he realized that we need that ever-present guide. So that, because now I think about it, because I'm like, Jesus said, I will be with you even until the end of the age. And when he says, I will be with you, I guess what he means is the spirit of Christ that we receive when we get saved. Because the new man that is birthed in us, the new spirit man that we receive, and Ephesians 4 talks about this new spirit man, 4.24, I think from verse 4, um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20 to 24 talks about the new man. That new man is created after Christ in true righteousness, in righteousness and true holiness. So that spirit man is the one that sort of like molds us in the shape of Christ as we yield to him, you know, and the word of God teaches us, the Holy Spirit also mentors and coaches us, and we just sort of like grow in it. So we receive the ability to be transformed by the spirit that we receive and then by the renewal of our mind, which then affects our takes care of our mind you know but if we do not renew the mind and continue to wash it by the water of the word we will not be transformed that transformation will not take place so there's a lot that we have to do but there's also a lot that god has done to even put us in a position to be able to help ourselves so he helped us he saved us he redeemed us and gave us the ability to self to not self to help ourselves by the ability that he has given us so fine but in addition to that he then sent the holy spirit as a partner a comforter and a a companion to all of us here and i I think 
that is where I, my observation is that this is the area I think a lot of us as Christians need to grow more in. Because when I look at the early church, they developed their relationship with the Holy Spirit and with Christ. So they never they never had that fear. I mean, even Jesus, when he was talking, he would say, I, when he was praying to God, he would say, I know you have heard me, but for the sake of the people around me, Lazarus, get up, I mean, take up your bed and walk. Lazarus, come forth. You know, he, 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 he knew that God was with him. But, he, you know, he, he, he made it very, very obvious by the things that he said. So I think it's important for us to be, or as Christians, for me as a Christian, to know that God is with me. Not just to believe it, but to actually know. It's actually, you know, it's important because it will make the difference between how I react to things, how I respond. It will insulate me from being afraid when things happen. You know how things can just happen. You know, it's it's like, I mean, I remember when we were kids, you know, you're walking along with your father, one senior brother or somebody that you know is very protective of you. If a bully or somebody tries to try you, you are like, man, you can't try me. My dad is here. You know that kind of thing. My, you know, my mom, my sister, she has my back. You know, but when you feel unprotected, you feel like there's nobody around. That's when you get intimidated. Even before the bully strikes, you're already feeling like, oh my goodness, I hope he's not going to do this. I hope this is not going to happen, you know. So... I think that's an area of growth that we all need to have. I know that I need to grow in that knowledge of God is with me always. The power of God is with me always. No matter what it is I face, no matter what it is that comes upon, you know, that comes against me, the power of God is here with me right now. I don't need to go and look for it anywhere. It's here with me. And if for any reason I am weak, then right there and then, I should ask God for strength before reaching out for a tablet, reaching out to call a friend, before crying. The first person I should call, reach for, is the Holy Spirit, is God. Just like me, I'm one of those people, I sleep with my phone by my side. When I wake up, the first thing I do is I reach for my phone. It's a very bad habit. Extremely bad. I tried. There was a time we did um, some spiritual discipline course, and they told us about how we should watch some habits that, you know, are very how would I say, injurious to our faith and our lifestyle with God and that. You know, pastors will always preach against this thing, reaching for your phone and all that. But man, I'm so used to it. I reach for my phone, I check my messages. <laughs> I check what's going on. I check Twitter, what's happening on the news. And then I then get on with God. I mean, that's it's horrible. It's terrible. I'm, I'm confessing now, but that's, that's what I do. And it's very, very wrong. Um, sometimes I do try to start my day. day and, and Well, I guess, anyways, let me not try to make it better. It's actually, that's what I do most of the time. Sometimes I wake up. Um, I wake up a lot in the middle of the night. So sometimes in the middle of the night, I wake up and I'm just reflecting, lying awake like the way David described, you know, my night watches and speaking to God in my heart. And then, you know, but most of that early morning wake up. And it's something that started in my work life because in my work life, emails, I used to walk around the club, people working different times when people send mails at different kinds of hours. And I needed to respond because it was, we worked in a 24-hour industry. So, it was if I mean that time I'm asleep, definitely some important emails will have come. And if it's some, I mean, it, it sometimes they were almost like life and death issues, if you know what I mean. As in, you there were people not that life and death, but they, they were emergency response things that needed to be done, you know, just people are waiting on you to do something, and there's a 24 hour cycle. So 
I got used to it. So I would check my meals before I do anything. And then I would, then after that, get into my day and all that. So once I've checked my meal, once I've woken up, then I can then get on my day, get dressed, go to the office. Of course, in the car, I would check my meals as well. But, you know, it was just a habit. And it, it made me efficient in my work because, you know, I was I was always on top of things. So even if, I mean, I would, my response time, you couldn't joke with it. I may not have done what you asked me to do, but you know I've read the mail, I'll respond, you know, and all that. So that habit has continued, even though I'm no longer working in that kind of employment. So, yeah, habits are really tough to break, but that's that. But where I was going is that it's, it, I find that the way I reach for my phone in the morning, that's how I should reach for God in everything. That should be my instinct, my default. Before I think of calling this person, you know, this your trusted friend, you know, those, like when you're doing who wants to be a millionaire, do you want to call a friend? The people that you call when you're on who wants to be a millionaire, those kind of trusted friends. Before, we, before God should be that call a friend. The Holy Spirit, Jesus, whoever, they should be that call a friend in the game of life. And that is where I, I because I, I, Hmm. I feel that that's where I need to go because that's where I see, that's what I see the disciples doing. That's what I see Jesus doing. When Jesus was I, I know, at his lowest point at the Garden of Gethsemane, who did he lean on to? He didn't go to the disciples to start complaining. Of course, he knew that they couldn't help him. He went to God and said, hmm, The hour has come, but if it is possible, please take this copy away from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And he went and started pouring out his heart to God. Pouring out his heart to God. Stayed there until God, he received strength. And honestly, when I look at, you know, the parts of Jesus and the things that he did, I just wonder, why did you put yourself through that? Honestly, like, if I meet Jesus face to face, that's the first time I ask him, I'll be like, really? Why? Why did you put yourself through all of that? Was it really worth it for us? to be separated from the Father, to receive such punishment for things that you did not do. And then finally on the cross, when he now says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I have never been able to watch Passion of the Christ because it's it's too real for me. I have never been able to. I, I just watch portions, and, but it has been because the suffering was intense. And what we saw, what we, what they, the, the people who were there, could see was just the physical suffering. The spiritual suffering was a whole lot more, because this was someone who, who had never experienced the kind of torment and oppression that he was subjecting himself to, for the sake of others, for the sake of you and I, really, for the sake of me, really. But looking at it now. I understand why Jesus did that because he understands us. You know, I, I, I always get that sense with Jesus that Jesus gets it, you know. He really does get it because he's been here. He's been here. He knows. He knows what it's like. And I think when the Bible says he's our advocate by the Father, I really I understand. I believe that he's, he does. He stays in that ministry. I sense it. I feel it that he advocates for us. I feel it, I, and what I'm saying, I can't explain it to you why I feel it. But I, I feel the way the Holy Spirit deals with me, and the way God relates with me. I can tell that there's somebody in the Godhead who has walked on the earth as a man, 
because many times they speak and i say they i mean god the father god the son god the holy spirit they speak from the perspective of man <laughs> not even from they speak from a lived experience i don't know how to explain it to you they don't speak from like god oh we are up there you know and all that even though they they do speak from that perspective but they also they understand what it's like to live on this earth it's a horrible place <laughs> you know terrible place like now as I'm talking to you, I mean, the weather is so hot, as in hot. You can see that the, the, definitely God did not create a planet that is too hot for the people to live in. It is what we have done that has made it this way. Also, he didn't make a planet that would be too cold for people to inhabit. Some, you know, the, clearly, some things have gone wrong somewhere. Either that or we're not supposed to be living in certain places. You know, you know what I'm saying? Neither did he create a world that would be bra- the ground would be opening and carrying people. You understand? Volcanoes be coming out of the ground, earthquakes, killing people. That was not in the plan. But God's creation has been corrupted. It has been corrupted. So, anyways, this has turned out to be a really long, winding movie. Amazing. We've moved from anything. But I think the central thread in all of this is I don't know how people do life without God. God, I like the fact that he's an ever-present help in time of need. I need to grow in my knowledge and understanding of that. And also understand as much of him as I need to, to be able to deal with the issues of life by the power of his word, through faith in his name. And I want to believe everything that he says about himself concerning me. We are in enemy territory. That one is of, I have no doubt about that things will always come, you know. But God is here. His power is here. His presence is here. His spirit is here. His deliverance is here. His grace is here. His mercy is here. His healing power is here. It's for us to reach out, to access it, to call upon him, to ask for his power, to to embrace his grace. And to believe that he will do all that he has promised he will do. Thank you very much for listening and using with me. God bless you. Stay lifted and have a wonderful day in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.